right. So you remember last time we were talking about <clears throat> that when we see someone in the uniform, that we will respond to that uniform because of our um, our memory systems. We mm. remember that that uniform, but there is other other stuff that's happening in there, in in the way of using the example of being able to transmit a feeling, mm-hmm. like a violin will pick up a note from a, a trumpet. Mm-hmm. There's a sympathetic vibration that exists, and we we share that with all of the rest of the animal and plant universe. Mm-hmm. That ability to communicate that many people use and pick up on consciously, others study about it, but most everybody is a natural born user of it without a clue about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the barfly wants other people to come to drink with him. Mm-hmm. Why does he want that? Is because that justifies to him that it's okay if I drink, if this guy drinks too. If this mm-hmm. guy's a teetotaler, then uh, him just being here makes me feel bad and guilty and mm-hmm. ashamed of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But if the guy comes and he drinks with me, then everything is okay. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the underlying stuff that's under there. But it happens so quickly that it's not even done with a thought. It's a conclusion that's reached immediately. Mm-hmm. As soon as he sees the guy, oh, come have a drink with me. Mm-hmm. So this is a way that uh, um, this sympathetic vibration happens. And that one of the things that uh, is part of the practice of meditation is to open ourselves to this mm-hmm. and that when people can do it without knowing what they're doing then they get all mystical and teary-eyed and everything like this it's like being in full-blown nurture mm-hmm. of your entire environment it's mm-hmm. just there to, to nurture itself and to everything around it mm-hmm. um and so the this is actually where the teaching of Paticca Samupada meets the mm. higher jhanas. Mm. Mm. All right. Mm. So the way that we've been practicing at uh, level, let us say, of, of first jhana mm. is going to be able to note the feelings and be mm. able to change those feelings mm. out of being critical into mm. being uh, nurturing. Mm. Mm. But as we get the mind faster, we get down to the point and there's actually a key for it. And the key is to talk about things choicelessly in the way of in perception and consciousness, not taking an object. So that when we use the eyes, we stop looking at something Mm. and we just gaze. Mm. Did you say choicelessly? Is that the word? I, yes, yeah, yeah, because okay. we're constantly making choices about what we're going to look at mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than not making any choices about it, but let it become completely open. Mm-hmm. An example is, is that if we're looking across the field mm-hmm. and, um, and there are trees starting the forest on the other side over there, if mm. I look at something, I may miss something else. Mm. But if mm. I just gaze at the entire forest over there, then mm. anything that moves is going to catch the attention of the eye. Mm. Mm-hmm. But not if we're looking at something. Mm-hmm. And so that's a diversionary move. Mm. Is mm. that if you are here, you go one of your friends to make a noise or a sound way over there, and then you'll get their attention, and their attention is focused on that mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And now you can go do everything. Mm-hmm. But if they're not focused on anything, then as mm-hmm. soon as you move or make a sound, they'll know it. <laughs> you see this in movies all the time, that the guy is hiding over here and he picks up something and throws it way over there and the mm-hmm. cops mm-hmm. takes over there. Yeah. And she's like, it works every time. That's every the way time. the mind works. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when we're paying attention to something, we're missing out on everything else. Mm-hmm. And so really the art of practicing anapanasati correctly 
is first we learn to keep the mind on to something for a long time rather than just jumping from object to object. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. teach it to jump to a particular object like the breathing and mm-hmm. scratching the mind and the little list that we have. But as we open up, then we come to taking in that solid attention span kind of awareness, we open it to how many objects there are there mm-hmm. to the point that there are so many of them that none of them are actually an object anymore. Mm-hmm. Where you're just here in your environment. Mm-hmm. It's like the fish finally coming to understand that he's in a sea. Mm-hmm. But there's actually water here all around. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, and it is a magnificent feeling and it comes to us with vision in the sense of not taking an object. Mm-hmm. And so how do we do that? As soon as we recognize that we've grabbed hold of an object, mm-hmm. we let it go. It becomes a hindrance and mm-hmm. we release it. We let it go. Mm-hmm. This is actually the secret part of uh, the last part of Anapanasati that I don't talk about so often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is step 13 through 16 mm-hmm. is all about see everything is constantly changing. Everything is in motion. We're in a sea. It, uh, one of the students uh, said it this way. It's like we're in a blender. <laughs> a high speed blender and everything is moving around us according to the laws of nature. Mm-hmm. And we think that we're not. We think that we're steady and solid or in fact we're not. Everything is changing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we actually have a whole lot less influence in ways than we think. Mm-hmm. And so as best as we have our influences, um, let us say, uh, based in wisdom, rather than having our influences based in uh, ignorant feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In other words, we we wake up and become wise to what's going on, but in the process of doing that, in this case, it's intentionally learning to not take an object, Mm -hmm. not look at anything, just to look, Mm -hmm. to gaze, all right? And Mm -hmm. the other way was with the body. Uh, This is what is um, referred to basically as the fourth jhana, is when the body is connected to the universe mm. and the example is is that imagine that you're sitting under a shimmering white sheet mm. so that the bot that's what the body becomes now you're just a shimmering kind of blob mm. remember we used the word gushy yeah yeah yes. now we're talking about that we begin to see even the reality that we're in is gushy mm. the boundaries mm. between <laughs> the skin and the air above it is Gushy boundaries. (laughs) It's not as flat like this, and below Mm -hmm. its skin and above its uh, Mm -hmm. uh, its air. No, it's very much interactive, Um, and we know that because uh, just the tiny little hairs on the arm Mm -hmm. are antennae. Every one of them Mm -hmm. picking up all kinds of stuff. And so we um, uh, <clears throat> we have a kind of a sensing system that even the, the dogs we talked about a while ago, they don't have it because they have fur to protect them. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some ticks can bite them, and they don't get it. Mm-hmm. But if a tick bites you, uh, man, you're going to know it in a minute, and you're going to know exactly how to take that tick off. That's because mm-hmm. our skin is different than theirs. Mm-hmm. Because we've got so many more receptors than they do. Mm-hmm. But most people, they don't like that. They don't like the sensation of being cold or mm-hmm. the sensation of being hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, Tam's constantly talking to me about how cold she is. She does not <laughs> like <the> cold. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when it gets down to 60 degrees, that's just magnificent. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> That's Fahrenheit, by the way. It's not mm, getting... Yeah, yeah, no, of course, yeah. <laughs> not cooking out there. <laughs> so anyway, um, <clears throat> in, this, in this state, one of the ways to practice 
is to let the eyes gaze and as soon as you see something you recognize without even telling yourself this that it can be almost a visual kind of thought mm. or a recognition mm -hmm. rather than a storyline and just keep gazing moving mm -hmm. just keep in other words every time you take an object you move mm -hmm. to another mm -hmm. okay and so uh by by using any object mm -hmm. uh, um as something to move away from that's mm -hmm. that relinquishment of so letting everything go and as soon as you let that go now you can uh take on something else but you let that go immediately also this is one of the ways of speeding up the mind or being able to receive data faster mm -hmm. is because we're not processing it nearly so much mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when we do a lot of processing mm -hmm. Then that takes uh, time away from the actual experience mm -hmm. of here now. Mm -hmm. So when I um, recently, what I've been doing is doing the I like um, samadhi practice at the start and trying to work on the jhanas at the start, and then um, and then towards the end of the sit, trying to do uh, kind of open awareness, but with listening, um, which I yes. find sort of more naturally more much easier to take a kind of broad view and and not to to try and let things kind of um come and go and and to move to to, to do what you describe and and i found that when i and then at the, at the very end of the sit i'll often open my eyes to try and sort of smooth the transition into normal life you know and i find it sort of th there's quite often like a moment of real like blissful um I uh, I don't know how to describe it other than that I'm like here, <laughs> and you see all the objects. Perhaps are... whelmed. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Not overwhelmed, just whelmed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the right amount of whelmed. Um, but I find that with visually things that I mean the uniform is a great example because I, I there's there's such a there's no real gap between seeing and knowing for me and. Um, so so it's quite hard for me to kind of but but then conversely there's something about the spe specificity about certain images like you know so, like sunlight on a on a table or something and this it can be so clear and so, so specific as an image that it can sort of bring you bring you it can be its own moment of sati in a way so um so it's interesting what you're saying because this is it's something quite I've kind of struggled with a bit is the 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 how close seeing and kind of thinking like thinking you know what something is is um. okay here's an example that I used with Matt and maybe this will help also for you mm -hmm. imagine that you are let us say close on stage or close by. Mm -hmm. or that you're the cameraman there or mm -hmm. that you're watching the video of but then mm -hmm. when it's the video there's a little bit more and that it's an orchestra playing mm -hmm. and in front of the orchestra is a violin and that he or she is playing say Tchaikovsky's first violin concerto mm -hmm. uh, and that uh, it is Actually, it's in D. <laughs> and if we are watching it in the sense of watching the violinist and the virtuosity of the violin and the mm -hmm. way that he or she is using the bow mm -hmm. and the actual fingering that they're doing and listening very closely to that, mm -hmm. we're going to miss the entire rest of the orchestra. Mm. But there's a, and generally everyone who is into classical music moves back and forth and back and forth and this is one of the mm. reasons why they do the cameras the way that they do mm. is sometimes they're doing a pan and that's when you let the whole show in and sometimes they're focused right on one musician because they're the ones who playing a short solo or mm -hmm. in the case of a concerto they're the star but still even they're the star you still have the orchestra playing behind it mm. so where is your mind now? Because mm -hmm. the mind is listening to that music, say, even if it's on a YouTube. Mm -hmm. Where your focus may not be where the camera is focused. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That the camera may be focused on, let us say, um, uh, 
the violin section, mm -hmm. but you're really interested in hearing uh, the horns. Mm -hmm. And so you're listening to the horns, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you can't see that. But even so you're doing that, mm -hmm. you're still mm -hmm. listening to something in particular rather than letting the whole orchestra come in, mm -hmm. which is the more difficult to do. Just yes. to listen to everything all mm. at the same time is whelming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's an example of sound. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sights mm -hmm. are exactly the same way, except for one thing, and that is here, at least in this neighborhood, it is, in fact, a complete symphony orchestra of colors. Mm -hmm. playing all the time non-stop music <laughs> right here and we often miss it because mm -hmm. we're paying closely attention to look at something like a motorcyclist or someone's coming in or whatnot like that and we're not even paying attention to the mm -hmm. enormous beauty mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. the whole show is okay so this is that opening quality of not taking on an object and we begin to become really, really superwhelmed with the <laughs> eyes and the ears and the touch of the skin mm -hmm. and uh, the, the feeling of the cloth on the skin and the breathing and mm -hmm. all of that's happening all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's happening at a speed cause, called causality. Mm -hmm. The speed of causality, we don't even how to know how to measure how fast it is, but it's probably the nano of a nanosecond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something down like septillion of a second. Mm -hmm. and it's because sort of... our cameras are just way too slow mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. be able to detect something that fast. But everything is a quantum. Mm -hmm. Everything's mm -hmm. a unit of time. Everything is in an event. So that domino that touches the next domino at that physical level, actually at mm -hmm. the level of causality, is mm -hmm. one molecule touching, bumping, or changing its relationship to other animal uh, atoms in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, this is something that I've been wondering recently in, in sits, and I'm not sure if it's the right question to be asking, but um, like when <clears throat> when we when we talk about a mind moment, when Buddha Dasa talks about a mind moment, are we talking about like at one at some level in the brain and at least one atom has moved <laughs> you know because everything's constantly jiggling around Every, a we're mind in the... right a mind moment mm -hmm. let us say that there's several different ways of of defining it but the most useful mm -hmm. a way to define it for an individual is what that individual can detect Right. How fast can how fast can you see things? Mm -hmm. That that change is that mind moment. Mm -hmm. So how many mind moments can you have depends upon how long it takes to process the mind moment that you pick up and detect. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so this is the speed of perception. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. more processing that the perception has to do. Mm -hmm then the longer it takes. Mm. <clears throat> if it's very easy to figure it out, then there's no very little processing time, but mm. some. Mm -hmm. But if you're not even bothered to process anything, then you mm -hmm. can take a whole lot of stuff in mm -hmm. much faster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The bandwidth is bigger, basically. Uh, Right, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was talking about throwing, you know, the guy who's hiding from the police in a big room or whatever <laughs> like that, and he, and he's uh, uh, throwing an object, and they go chase the sound, mm -hmm. and he can get away. That's mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about here. That we tend to jump from object to object in a mind moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just like an electric fan that has no air, what mm. happens to an electric fan when it has no air? Uh, I don't know. This sounds like a current. <laughs> it's not if you get a fan and deprive it of air. A box fan and put pieces of cardboard in, uh, in front on both sides. Make a big noise? I don't know. <laughs> oh, what, what what happens is is that because it's not moving any air, mm -hmm. 
it's still, because it's not moving in the air much. Mm-hmm. There's no resistance. Mm-hmm. Does that give you a hint? It just goes really quickly. Yes, exactly. It speeds up to nearly double the speed. Mm. I could have got that one quicker. My mind moment was quite long on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You've got my point. Now you've got my point. Yeah, I felt that one clunking through. (laughs) Right. So when we clunk through on something, trying to figure it out, that sometimes is a long mind moment. Mm. And we need to wake up in the middle of those, because if you wake up in the middle of it, now you've gotten a new mind moment. So sati is the ability to to uh, intentionally bring on a new mind moment. So am I right in thinking a mind moment is a kind of umbrella that can contain lots of individual perceptions within it, and that there's a sense of kind of cohesion from moving up from sense perception. The reality is, is that every mind moment has tons of stuff happening in that mind moment. Yeah. Okay. 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 Because yeah. everything that's operating is operating at the speed of causality. But our mind moments are clunky, <laughs> depending upon how much time it takes to process the data that we're taking in mm-hmm. to make sense of it. And when we stop processing that data, the mind gets faster and faster mm-hmm. in the sense of picking up new data. So it mm-hmm. becomes very easy to, and, and then you pick up data so fast you become whelmed. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not saying that, like, as some people might probably try and claim that, like, meditation makes you like a super brainy. It's not like a kind of intellectual. processing power it's like it's a way of living as close to possible in in the moment and the richness of the moment the fullness of the moment right yes but there is something else and that is generally these guys who were capable of doing that Mm. developed a side skill Mm. and that side skill is is that they remember things in the mm-hmm. old days, they could chant many, many hundreds of suttas. I've, I've met guys. In fact, I lived with one like that. I was blown. I was whelmed with him every time because mm-hmm. of how good he was with suttas. Mm-hmm. Me, not a clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let us say that I could be, I can chant my way through various bits and pieces I know for about a page worth of text mm-hmm. where he could do whole volumes. <laughs> so... Um, but there's also that intellectual capacity that here's one thing that even though the books that are written in, in translation of Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa are, are fairly sophisticated and high brow, mm-hmm. that that's done by the translator. Mm-hmm. Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa spoke at a very rudimentary, low class street language. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. everybody to understand what he had to say. Mm-hmm. But you could tell even with that, he was extremely sophisticated mm-hmm. in his knowledge and his understanding of the suttas. So he was really, really um, in, intelligent in, in the suttas. He, he mm-hmm. really knew them. But in fact, I remember more than once having thoughts of jealousy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knew the suttas so well. And mm-hmm. I made it kind of a goal. Mm-hmm. That was my goal upon his death. I made a kind of a, uh, a dead uh, Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa resolution. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was that I was going to learn the suttas myself also. Mm-hmm. But you see, that resolution was made even before there was hardly any translations. The first book that really was of most value was uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi's first translation of the mm. Majjhima Nikaya. Mm. That came out in 1995. I remember it was like a gold mine. I ate that book. <laughs> wait, wait. He, Bodhi was the first to translate the suttas into English? No, no, no. The Polytech Society was the first. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, when was that, though? But theirs were their, their books were very expensive, hard to come by, mm. very bad translations, mm. very, very, very highbrow. Mm. 
and very difficult to uh, erudite even to the mm. point that the language of that of those things and also old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. With a lot of this is and thus is and uh. <laughs> and thou and mm. <laughs> you could definitely see the Christian influence of that. Mm-hmm. But Even they, though it was done in the 19th century, it was 18th century influence. Mm, mm. You could tell when these guys were educated. <laughs> mm. I shouldn't be surprised that it's so recent that they were translated, but I am. Um. Riles Davies, I.B. Horner, and Riles Davies' wife. Mm. Those were the three people who did a, an enormous amount of the translations, including putting the uh, poly dictionaries together. So mm. we have to congratulate them. Mm-hmm. They are like uh, Microsoft Windows 1.0. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Because we would not have Windows 10 now today, an actual functioning operating system, if mm. we didn't have Windows 1.0. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember struggling with 3.11. That was a pro- mm. that was a famous one. And then they came out with NT and the whole history. So the same thing mm. is going to have to be done with the translations of the suttas. Mm. The problem with it was is that they didn't know the language. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know the Dhamma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they Christianized it. Mm-hmm. They put a lot of magic and fairy dust and all kinds of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't belong there. Well, I, I've got one of Bodhi's books that I've, in the Buddha's words, it's a, I guess it's a selection. And it's re- it, it reads really nicely. It, um, Right, that's Very a, clear. that. That would be mm. Windows 2.0, or yeah. actually, um, yeah. So, Bhikkhu Bodhi came along and did uh, a version 2.0, and he's done a very, very good job of it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. up to a point. But would you say this is still? Uh, are they faithful to the originals, in your view? Like, um, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. I don't think that yet we're quite capable of being faithful to it because there's a whole lot of words we just don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're key words. And so what happens is, is that they will take on a magical definition mm-hmm. because we don't know what the real definition is. Mm-hmm. Like I heard something go bump in the night, and I call it a spook, but mm. I don't know what it was that bumped. <laughs> All right? Okay. So there's a lot of that kind of mentality. If I don't know what this word is, I'm going to make up something magical. Mm-hmm. Instead of something instinctual which would Mm -hmm. be the better way of doing it. That's the way that I'm looking at some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Another way of thinking of it is, is that the sutras were written at a time when the the language was magical, talking about real things. Mm -hmm. Modern day English, we make a different judgment in the sense that magical things refer, or magical language refers to magical things and Mm -hmm. real language refers to real things. Mm So when we use magical language, mm-hmm. we're talking about magical things. In the Pali, they're talking about real things, but they use what we would think would be magical language. Mm-hmm. The, the calling high-class people devas, mm-hmm. using the word Bhagawa for the for the Buddha, when in fact the definition for Bhagwan or Bhagawa is not a god; it's just a fortunate one. Mm-hmm. But you go around in the poly calling him a god, and you wouldn't do that on planet Earth here because they've only got one. You can't have so many. Mm-hmm. And so the so the princes and the kings all become devas. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a magical being in in the poly. Mm-hmm. So the word so the Buddha uses a, uh, a a particular word for himself. That's a real word that means a real thing, and that is tag. To Tagatha, the one who mm. is in the thisness of it all, the mm. one who is here now. Mm. But even that has gotten magical. 
Mm-hmm. Now the Buddha can't be just the one who's here now. He's got to be elevated up there with all of the other things. Yeah. But in and- fact, the, the, the whole idea of Brahman, like in the Brahma Viharas, we're talking about very, very high class, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be magic. Mm-hmm. does not have to be the Brahma God. In fact, in the time of the Buddha, there was no Brahma God. All there was was a bunch of Brahmin priests mm-hmm. who were trying to get their way with everything by being the boss and getting all of the, uh, uh, the kings and everybody else to donate uh, a live uh, animal so that they could kill them in sacrifice mm-hmm. and then have all of the baloney for themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, the suttas in, we had, so there's a lot of things to understand about how are we going to translate this stuff because we really do have to understand the culture of this language as well as the, the words so that we know how to use them because so many of the words that are in the Pali are actually words that we've got in Indo-European languages anyway. Mm-hmm. That's why they called it indo Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a common language thread, and there's a whole bunch of stuff in there, including, like, for instance, whom and him. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, did you see him? Mm-hmm. Of whom do you speak, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where did that M sound at the end of the word come from? They becomes them. It's a case change. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They went to them. Mm-hmm. Right, that is exactly the same thing. The word ending in the exact same way as Buddham Saranam Gachami. Dative case to the mm-hmm. Buddha, I will go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's in the dative case, and so naturally it's going to be Buddham. So we have all of this uh, case stuff that's at the end of all of the Pali words, and so mm-hmm. we have to know case and gender and uh, um, tense and all of that kind of stuff mm. uh, because all the words are quite complicated. I generally, myself, I'm not er- even interested in the part of speech it is or how it's used or the gender mm. or anything like that. I want to know the root word. <laughs> and so, <laughs> mm. If I see suk, I don't care whether it's suka or suko. Mm. So um, but for the for the translations, we have to n- know that the basic teaching of the Buddha mm-hmm. we can follow mm-hmm. in the following way, because mm-hmm. he makes a big point of it in several places. And the issue is fire. Mm-hmm. And a fire is known by its fuel. Mm-hmm. So you have a log fire, or a twig fire, or a grass fire, mm-hmm. or a rubbish fire, cow dung fire. Mm-hmm. These fires are known by its fuel, mm-hmm. and that we also know that with consciousness, because he's comparing consciousness with fire, mm-hmm. that consciousness is dependently mm-hmm. arising and mm-hmm. is known by its fuel. So we have eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose mm-hmm. consciousness, uh, touch, taste. Um, this, these, this consciousness is known then by its fuel or by its conditioning agents. Mm. So not only is are we conditioned by the fact that we see because we've got eyes, but what we see mm. also conditions our sight. Mm-hmm. And then if we recognize it, that's a further conditioning of it. Mm-hmm. And if we don't recognize it, that's a different kind of conditioning. Mm. Giving rise to the feeling of confusion. Mm. So, in any case, what we're talking about is is that because of fire, mm. there has to be a fuel. Mm-hmm. And so I will define it like this. Reality mm-hmm. is a fire with fuel. Mm. In all <laughs> cases. Yeah. And magic is a mm-hmm. fire without fuel. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. 
Magic is a fire without fuel in the sense that we don't know the cause. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so people will make up a cause when they don't know a cause. And this is one of the problems with the Pali language is, is that when people have magical thinking, mm-hmm. then they will come up with magical answers mm-hmm. to questions that they don't know because they don't know what this Pali word means. And so they'll mm-hmm. make up something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Wild Davies and I.B. Homer got in the habit of doing that a lot. If they couldn't make up something, uh, if they didn't know what it actually was, they could always go back to Catholicism mm-hmm. and the Anglican Church and bring a whole mess of stuff in there mm-hmm. to plop into place mm-hmm. to make themselves feel good mm-hmm. when, in fact, they didn't really know what they were doing at all mm-hmm. in these translations. But guess what? We all do that anyway. Mm-hmm. We do the same process. That's the human process is that we fill in the blanks with any old darn thing we can think of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so part of Anapanasati is to see when we're doing that, to recognize that we're filling in the blank here. We mm-hmm. don't really know what it is. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is that Bodhi said, it probably ain't it. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. when he's got a magical answer to a, a real question. Yeah, no, I, I remember, I think I mentioned last time that I was reading Buddha Dasa's um, Mindfulness with Breathing, his guide to the Anapanasati, and immediately finding it much um, easier to understand and much more useful and helpful in practice, um, even though for like large parts of of um it, he it, it doesn't seem to be talking about the actual sutta directly but he's just talking about what seems to be general but actually he's getting to the very heart of what the sutta is saying um mm-hmm. and then comparing that with the bhikkhu analayo book which is extremely scholarly and was not helpful for me <laughs> um because it was just too early in my practice it wasn't practical um but it takes great pains to be um you know it's comparative of the different sources and it takes great pains to be i mean maybe this is an example of not seeing the wood for the trees but you get a good sense of what each the etymology of each word but you kind of don't have a full picture and it doesn't you know what i mean one of the issues with the Paticca Samuppada in the sense of what is the mind moment, mm-hmm. the same thing is true with Anapanasati in mm-hmm. the sense that how long does it take to practice all 16 steps of Anapanasati? Mm-hmm. The answer is generally about one or two seconds. Mm-hmm. However, Sometimes it really plays itself out. Mm-hmm. And another way of looking at it is, is that uh, the beginners, mm-hmm. they, they will sometimes get stuck in one place mm-hmm. rather than recognizing that they've got to incorporate all of them. Mm-hmm. And so as a student grows in his skill of Anapanasati, he gets it going faster and faster like it becomes a blend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he's not actually focused on any one of them, but he's got all of them there. The whole mm-hmm. orchestra is playing. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not particularly paying any particular attention to one of the musicians. Mm-hmm. That's the way Anapanasati is a symphony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But wow, it's hard to get the uh, uh, all of that together because that means because mm-hmm. you can imagine an individual. Mm-hmm. has to learn how many different musical instruments and then mm-hmm. get the tape so he's going to do one song and so he's now got to do a different tape of every song and then he's got to merge all of those things together in mm-hmm. reality and Merson goes to do all of that in a tenth of a second inside the brain, inside the mind <laughs> yes, we can get it going yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. beat things out let's start <laughs> watching what's going on <laughs> yeah I think this is something that, you know, um, has been really helpful to me. So thank you very much for your guidance on this. But um, knowing that the first step is really crucial, you know, that um, that you can't that not to look because what I was doing before was this kind of maybe common beginner's mistake, which was 
thinking of them as a sequence and so I quite often drop the 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 first step the long breath um when I felt I'd kind of progressed away from it and because it could I could find it a bit distracting oh, but that 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 long breath is actually the foundation of the yeah practice. yeah so it's more don't like forget the long breath because then if you forget the long breath then you're making the same <clears throat> mistake that all of them thought when are that they're making when they say oh well this is just mindful of mm. of the breathing i'm not supposed to change or modify it or anything mm -hmm. oh no this entire practice of anapanasati the entire dharma that the teachers of the buddha teaches is mm -hmm. there's some skills that we've got to develop mm -hmm. there are some things that we've got to start doing mm -hmm. and so a few things that we need to stop doing and to dip and to know the difference between mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. okay and so this breathing He's intending to say we start with the long breath, but we never forget it. Mm, and mm. even in the way that each of the uh, points are talked about, let's just talk about, let us say, uh, gladdening the mind is just an example. Gladdening the mind while breathing in mm. and gladden the mind while breathing out. <clears throat> this is a skill to be developed. Mm. Okay. That's actually what they're talking about is, is that we always use the breath as part of the mix. Mm, mm. Definitely. Yeah. I think that what was but that's the anchor or yeah. the connection mm -hmm. between all of the other parts is, is that we're continuing to have this breathing so that we don't mm. have to watch it closely, <clears throat> but we watch it enough to, that we know that this is a long, deep in breath mm. Mm. and a long, deep out breath. Mm. Mm. I guess that I was before I felt that the um, the physical sensations were somehow bringing me back to a less sort of somehow uh, refined. I mean, this is what I used to think, kind of less There's refined. There's a reaction to it, and the feelings of it, and the thoughts to go with it, is wow, this is so nice. <laughs> mm. Wow on the in breath and so nice on the out breath. Okay, so this is this is not just a mantra. Mm -hmm. This is the way to treat the breath mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the sense that if you feel doing this practice is strained or that it's a lot of effort, mm -hmm. we're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. We're doing it so that every time that we think about it, mm -hmm. this is a really nice breath. We're not trying to do it every breath and, and hard on like that. But when we think about it, we're going to take a long, deep breath. Mm -hmm. And if we're mm -hmm. good, we're thinking about doing it often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's always an enjoyable breath. Mm -hmm. The emphasis is upon this is so nice. Mm -hmm. What a nice breath this one is. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely because I feel like I had uh, got to grips with quite various stages in the in the sutta, but hadn't quite worked. Yeah, this is helping me to piece them together, and mm -hmm. to know that the first step is the foundation, and then you kind of layer things on top of it. And um, you know, like when I start, no, let us put it this way: mm -hmm. the breathing is like the pipe, uh, like the pie. Um, crust but the, the, the crust at the bottom and the crust <laughs> at the top yeah and that everything else is mixed in the middle as filling mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. everything else is mixed in as 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 the filling but the, mm -hmm. the definitely the the breathing is the base mm -hmm. so that we'll have the breath and the apple or the breath and the uh the juice and the breath <laughs> and the uh uh the mm -hmm. cherry and all of that kind of thing like that so um, always each piece is mm. done with, with the breathing. This is actually in the sutta. Mm. Thus he trains himself mm -hmm. to be able to be able to gladden the minds mm -hmm. while we're taking an in-breath and then gladden the mind mm -hmm. while we're taking an out-breath. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. That, and I, then that gladdening the mind will naturally lead mm -hmm. to the sukha. 
so that we're we're developing an experience sukha as we breathe in ah, mm-hmm. and developing sukha as we breathe out mm-hmm. satisfaction mm-hmm. and when we get really good at this then we can add that extra ingredient which is the pity or the yippee oh mm-hmm. wow this is so good mm-hmm. I I think I I can't tell you how good the word gish how good the word gishy has been in terms of my <laughs> practice. It's really it's really it's like exactly what I needed to hear somehow. It's like um, right. it's it's become I've like worked it into my practice now. It's like oh get gushy now and then I get it really works. <laughs> it does. It yeah feels so good. Yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So today, what we've been talking about is, mm-hmm. is that when we get ourselves into that really, really gushy state, mm-hmm. we then open further mm-hmm. to any and everything that's happening with the senses. So we become yeah. really here now in the senses without paying attention to any object. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in so fact, we've chased the hindrances out and gotten down to a very, very little language. And so now without needing any language anymore, mm-hmm. we don't have to talk to ourselves about what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So why look at it anyway? Just, mm-hmm. you know, just be out there. Just, you know, let let it be. Let it let it taste. take in the whole orchestra or take in the whole forest mm-hmm. without. Uh, so uh, you, you probably heard the expression, you can't see the forest for the trees. Well, that means that people are looking at trees and are missing the whole darn mm-hmm. forest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so this is how we how we get the forest is by mm-hmm. not paying any particular attention to any particular tree. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. just let the whole thing be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're not looking at any individual or listening to any individual instrument. We're just letting the whole thing come in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so these are the examples that that we can have for everything. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, we begin to see how fast things really are changing. That in fact, the human mind, as fast as it is, is pretty slow compared to reality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because we have to keep processing it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to get to a conclusion of this is what I think is reality. And what we're actually now beginning to practice is, no, let's stay in reality. Mm-hmm. Let's not process it into anything. Let's just keep more getting more reality and more reality in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, that's that's really good. Um, I can work on that in, in the next week. Yeah, uh-huh. that's really Some good. people call this, this reality that we're paying no attention to at all but getting it all is that's god yeah yeah that's I mean, the universe that's creation that's the big it the good old whatever it is the not the yeah. flying spaghetti monster that's something else <laughs> maybe this is a too big a discussion for this um the end of the chat but i'm really fascinated in that idea of what this is <laughs> where are we what's going on you know um we're here and nothing mm. and everything <laughs> but it's the, all get, going on yeah yeah no i i get that but i guess the relationship of the individual to the uh the sort of substrate of the world you know like what um <clears throat> this is not like my view or whatever the, but The human, the individual Mm -hmm. has the misconception Mm. that I am, I'm separate. Yeah. I am Mm. not my shirt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. In, in the sense that, uh, we want to remain separate and and special, Mm -hmm. an individual Mm -hmm. at this, we do to our great detriment. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That we want to be the soloist instead of joining the band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Join so the, we're join changing the our perception from <laughs> from uh, from many to one mm-hmm. unity, yeah. and that unity is 
extraordinarily sophisticated, but we have to stop taking one object at a time mm-hmm. and just let it all come in. But but when we get to that point where, ho- hopefully when one gets to that point where one's experiencing just the orchestra, like one is closer to the closer to God or one is kind of um you're God's at li- one with your universe then yeah yeah and that's, that's the universe yeah, no- that's, is that that's... the universe like knowing itself <laughs> do you know what I mean is that I'm um, is that the moment at which uh it, light- it's not a it's not a particular moment mm-hmm. but when you're when you get into doing these things it mm-hmm. it it'll happen any moment that you that you allow it to. Mm, 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 mm. So it's not an event. It's mm, a, a, a process. process. Yeah, a process. Yeah. I'm not expressing it. I'm not, I don't really have the language for this yet, but um, anyway. <laughs> I have That's gushy, the problem. Though. That in fact, we're trying to speak a Dhamma language that we don't even have the words for, that all we have basically is the words of conventional language. Mm-hmm. And so conventional language will make it into something magical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where in fact we're talking about something that's real. God is real. Yeah. Here he is. <laughs> I thump my chest and I point <laughs> <laughs> all over the place. Here he is. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And okay. how do we know? Is because we're not paying attention to any particular tiny piece of it. We're allowing anything and everything to come in all at the same time. Mm-hmm. But we have to have the mind that's so sharp that it, we, we catch ourselves when we grab an object. Mm-hmm. So that we, we see that object now that we've grabbed a hold of is just like a thought of a hindrance that prevents us from being in the here now. Mm-hmm. So at that macro scale that we start practicing, when we get it down to the micro scale, it's still the same thing to do. We are doing it faster now at a deeper part of the mind. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to make the orchestra gushy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Isn't it marvelous? <laughs> Just talking about it is gushy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Damaratu. This has been such a delight. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. And yeah, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. <laughs>